0: Hi, I'm Ashley McElwain, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Founder and CEO of Foundation Restoration. Welcome to Foundation Restoration's Real Talk podcast, where you'll find real people discussing real issues while offering real help at the intersection of clinical expertise and a biblical perspective. We're so glad you've joined us. Everybody, welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast. So glad to be together again, as always. I don't know about you guys and where you're at, but here in Raleigh, North Carolina, we've had some wonderful fall little nibbles. little taste of fall here and there, especially the mornings and the evenings. It's been such a delight. I love fall. It is my very favorite season. My son, Grayson, he has a fall birthday and I could not be more thrilled about that. Um, His birthday is next month and I love it because again, it's my favorite time of the year as far as uh, weather goes. I just love all the things, all the activities and the pumpkin patches and the scents and the taste of the season. So definitely a big fan of fall, thrilled for a little nibble and, and taste of fall. Although today it's back in the 90s, and this whole week it's supposed to be in the 90s here. So I don't know where you're at, but hopefully you're getting a little a taste of fall as well, getting to enjoy it. I don't know if you are a big fan of the pumpkin spice craze. I know there is pumpkin spice all things these days. I am astounded at what people have been able to turn into like pumpkin spice related definitely I'm a fan of a lot of pumpkin spice things but not all the things some of them not so much so I know some people despise it others fanatical about it clearly I would say a lot of people love it or there would not be pumpkin spice cheerios out there you know what I'm saying so (laughs) anyway whether we like it or not whether we feel it or not Fall is here, and I am loving it. I cannot wait for all the fall festivities. Hopefully you all are surviving back to school, enjoying uh, your Labor Day and a little reprieve, hopefully from work and school. Again, it's just crazy that we are in September time flies. I once had someone tell me that time goes by in accordance with your age. And so they said, you know, when you're younger, it feels like it's going by so slowly. So you're five years old feels like it's going five miles per hour. But as you get older, if life kind of starts feeling like it's going faster and faster, you're 20, it's 20 miles per hour, you're 30, 40, 40 miles per hour, 60, 60 miles per hour, 80, 80 miles per hour. And I must say, I am feeling that that is abundantly true. So it is crazy. Um, Well, anyway, I'm so glad you guys have joined us. Super excited to be together. Was thinking about how wouldn't it be so nice if life was neat and tidy and always worked out the way we hoped and planned. It's easy to think if you do the right things, make the right choices, treat people well, then the right things will happen for you as a result. Kind of that A plus B equals C, right? But unfortunately, no. Life is often unfair, cruel, and unjust. It can be messy, chaotic, and downright disastrous, even when you do everything Right. And this can make us question everything, including our faith in the love of God. Uh, one of the things I often deal with in my work as a marriage and family therapist is just this concept of fairness in life. Obviously, I've dealt with, I've walked through some of the most wretched and horrific things with people. Um, caring. <sighs> For people in suffering, I would say, is kind of my specialty, just just walking through suffering. And and obviously, I've heard so much sorrow, sadness, and despair. It, it's incredible what people carry around. It's incredible what people deal with. I know for me, I've experienced my fair share of heartache and unfairness in this world. You know, there's the, the heartbreak and, you know, being kind and sacrificing only to be rejected or... You know, falsely accused or attacked. Um, I, again, I've I've experienced more than probably most people would realize, and I think a lot of people do. We deal with a lot of stuff in life, and I think that it's really easy to feel disoriented when we feel that we've done all the right things, we've said the right things, we've thought the right things, and find ourselves feeling. Like we are completely opposite directions from where we thought we would be. There's, again, just this question of unfairness of life. And it leads to probably the most common question, which we're all somewhat familiar with, I'm sure. And that is why me? That's a question that I have sat with many people in and discussed and processed and unpacked and worked through. So today, I wanted to talk about just that. How do we handle the unfairness of life? The first thing I'd say about that is God is still sovereign. We don't have all the answers. And that is just a harsh reality of life. I have sat across from people many times in my room and said, I wish I had an answer for you. I wish that... I could tell you a neat and tidy thing that would make this all better and make it all right. Or again, we we look for answers. We long for answers. We long for understanding. But the reality is, we don't have all the answers. And oftentimes, this side of heaven, we won't. We don't understand why things are the way they are. And that's really difficult because, again, sometimes feeling like we have those answers, we have that understanding. It, it would all make sense, right? But life doesn't always make sense. We know that when Adam and Eve sinned, that perfection, rest, and peace that God created, God desired, that He established and an empowered humanity to, humanity to experience was shattered. Brokenness, evil, chaos, decay, they entered the scene. We do know that, and we know that God didn't desire for us to experience those things. But with free will came the choice to sin, which has caused a lot of the brokenness we see. But still, it's like, okay, well, why did God even allow that? And, and again, we just have to come back to the sense that we aren't in control. We don't know. We don't have all the answers, that God's ways aren't our ways. I think about Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, where it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." In Job 38, which I would encourage you to read the whole chapter, because I'm just going to give you a little small excerpt from it, but it's really impactful. I feel like it kind of, you you can't read that that scripture and not think like, oh, okay, God, thanks for putting me in my place. But um, a little excerpt from verses four through seven, where God's talking to Job in the midst of his suffering. He says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? We cannot think that we have the ability to comprehend the magnitude of fairness or what and why God does what he does, allows what he allows, the reality is we just don't always have the answers we don't always know. And that is a very difficult concept sometimes to rest in. But also within that, when we're thinking about fairness and why God, why don't we understand and this isn't fair, what we have to realize is that fairness really is that we are eternally separated from him. By our free will and the choice that we made, that was made to sin and separate ourselves from our loving Father. He didn't want us to be separated, He gave us perfection. The garden was perfection, it was paradise. He didn't choose for us to sin, we chose to sin. He gave us the free will to do it and hoping that we would choose Him. But unfairness really is Him saying, you know what, even though you chose to sin, Even though you brought all of this brokenness into the world, I'll make it right. I'm going to give you a free pass of grace and love if you'll just believe in me and choose to follow me. That's unfair. We deserved to be eternally separated from Him. But yet we're okay with that unfairness, aren't we? So The reality is I cannot pretend to know God's ways. I'm not that clever or smart or big. I'm His creation. So how can I say to the Creator that I know more than Him? The reality is I just don't. We don't. But what I do know is that I trust Him. I choose to believe He is good when life is not. I choose to believe He's in control when life is out of control. I choose to cling to the promise of His truth when all is failing. He's my sure foundation, my sure footing. And I choose to rest in his loving arms when I'm alone and afraid and stuck in the sorrow of suffering and the unknown. God is sovereign, and I'm thankful he is, because what hope of knowing that he's working all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, which is found in Romans 8.28. The second thing I would say about just facing the unfairness of life is that it's not linear. Life is not linear. Um, And what I mean by that is A plus B does not always equal C. I'll just say right up front that I'm not a proponent of the prosperity gospel. I do not believe that if we just do the right things and make the right choices, that God will make us prosperous and that we'll have a smooth and easy life. I don't think that wealth is... Or, or ease of life is a sign of the favor of God necessarily. I think that he defines prosperity and wealth as us bringing him glory and doing what we were created to do. I think that that's prosperity, is multiplying the, the gospel, m- multiplying the followers of Christ, building his kingdom, not our kingdom. So I'll just say that at the onset of this point. I believe the Bible is abundantly clear that in this world we will have suffering. John 16, He tells us that daily we have to pick up our cross and carry it in Luke 9, 23, which to me is not a smooth, easy process when we read what Jesus went through carrying his cross and enduring the shame of it when he had done nothing wrong. Talk about unfairness. He died for all sin, was made sin when he had known no sin. So to me, picking up the cross and carrying it says we will suffer for following him that our life will not be easy. And he tells us in John 15, eight through 18, excuse me, through 27, that if the world hated him, it will hate us. Uh, hatred is rarely a fun, smooth thing um, filled with all the warm and fuzzies. So again, I feel like in the Bible, it's very clear and this is just three simple references, but throughout the entire Bible, we see and we hear God say, you're going to suffer that that is the broken world that we live in and that following him will cause us to have to endure suffering and sorrow. We look at his disciples. They were beaten, tortured, exiled, imprisoned, shipwrecked, falsely accused, abandoned, constantly facing strife and chaos. They were poor. Most of them had nothing. They just they, they were nomads um, to some degree, right? They were just setting up in different areas, trying to further the gospel um, and relying on those in the church to help su- support and sustain them. Or working, a lot of times too, working on the side, trying to be able to feed themselves while then feeding spiritual food to the local churches um, to establish and grow them. So why do we think then that we want to endure things such as that when we follow him, And where did we ever get that being a Christian would make our life easy? I believe the Bible is very clear that just the opposite happens when we follow him, when we pick up our cross and we carry, we'll suffer, we'll be hated, and we'll have to endure much hardship in this world for our faith in him. The third thing I would say about dealing with the unfairness of life is that a plus B does not equal C, right? That's what my last point is. It's not linear. It's not just we do the right thing and so the right thing happens to us. We have to cling to the greater hope of the right thing happening, and that is the promise of God, the promises of God being fulfilled, and that is that we have the hope of heaven. Romans 8, through 24 tells us, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Our promise for peace and rest and perfection comes in our hope for heaven as believers. That's why we can't get attached to this world. Because we as believers have eternity with the Lord and having to look forward to. So all this pain, all this suffering that we're enduring is very, very temporary. Is it real? Yes. Is it hard? Absolutely. Can it be brutal? For sure. But we have hope of the perfect order, peace, and promise assured to us of the communing with him that we get to look forward to if we remain steadfast in our love for him. The unfairness that we experience in earth of things that shouldn't happen to us, that do, they point us back to the reality that we live in a broken, fallen world groaning for the return of our Savior and for the hope of heaven. Unfairness is an opportunity to have us pointed back to our Creator, to be reminded that we were created by God for God with a need for him and that we have the hope of heaven to look forward to. This earth is just a temporary passing through. And so we live on mission. We do what we can. We endure what we must, knowing that one day we will be in paradise with our creator. And that is the hope that we cling to in those moments of despair. My final point would be in regards to the unfairness of life what not why we have to buckle in and know that we are going to deal with unfairness in life it's not a question of if but when bad things happen to good people we can make the right choice and the wrong things still happen It doesn't always make sense and that's a fact. We have no control over other people. We have no control over our circumstances. We simply have control over ourselves and the reality is the things that are out of our control often can be out of control. And that's just part of that unfairness of life. So we know it's going to happen and God gave us fair warning. (laughs) And again, that doesn't make it any easier. But in practical terms, I've learned that the question, the key question, is not why. It's not why God, why is this happening? But rather, the question is what? What can I learn? What purpose does this serve? What do you want to do in and through this, Lord? Why makes us a victim? What? makes us a victor let me say that again when we ask why we are made out to be a victim when we ask what we become a victor why makes us a victim what makes us a victor we will brace ourselves and face the situation however unfair whatever it is knowing that god is with us We won't waste that opportunity. He won't waste that opportunity. He will stretch us, grow us, and use us. He is trustworthy and faithful, even when it makes no sense or doesn't appear that way. And let me be clear about this because I think sometimes in the Christian community, it is very easy to say these scriptures, say these concepts, and to very much diminish the significance of suffering. So let me be very clear. I am not trying to diminish our sufferings. I am not trying to put a spiritual band-aid on your suffering like it is a quick fix. Obviously, my life's work as a marriage and family therapist is sitting with people in suffering, acknowledging the realness of it, validating it. But also, I want to encourage you that there is purpose in it, and I want to help you overcome the reality that you aren't a victim to it, you are a victor. And how can we look at this suffering, embrace this suffering, walk through this suffering, and come out on the other side? And so I want to be clear, this is not a diminishment, it is an encouragement. It is an empowerment. Because I know there's real heartache and suffering and pain out there. I've seen it. I've held it. I've experienced it. And I've grappled with it. I've wrestled with it. And that's not just for others, but for myself as well. It is real and it's hard. And so again, this is not a diminishment. It's an empowerment and an encouragement. We are not, and I am not, a proponent of saying our suffering, we should pretend it's not there. That's a topic for another day. Remind me, people, I want to talk about toxic positivity versus optimism. So, no, I'm not saying that our suffering, we should pretend it's not there, it's not real, slap that spiritual band-aid, move on, keep it moving, put a smile on your face. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we have hope in all things. We are able to make the proverbial lemonade from the lemons that we are dealt with because we do have that option available to us and our hardships, and our sufferings, and the things that we endure, the unfairness of life, it does develop our spiritual muscles. It develops our faith. It develops our dependence on God. It develops our empathy for others. It helps us to understand the magnitude of of suffering and how it can just wipe us out. It can cause us to go into a tailspin, but at the end of the day, we learn from it, we grow from it, and then we can help others through it. And we were reminded that we did survive. Now, I look at so many of the things that I've been through and I realize God grew me most significantly in those seasons. You know, if we want to grow physically, we exercise, right? We go to the gym. We know that uh, that when you want to get your muscles bigger and stronger we got to use them you know we can we can lift weights and that's the way that we get bigger muscles <laughs> it's just the reality we don't wishfully think and hope that we get bigger muscles we have to do the work to get them and our struggles and our sorrows and our pain and our heartache that develops our spiritual muscles our suffering it develops those spiritual muscles and we look at Jesus, he suffered, right? Again, if Jesus had to suffer scorn and shame and being beaten and falsely accused, verbally and physically attacked, when he did nothing wrong, he he did miracles, right? I mean, Jesus literally went around spreading the good news that there's hope, teaching people how to live their lives, how to have an abundant life. He healed and performed miracles day in and day out and look at how he was treated. Completely unfair. Do I understand it? No. Do I like it? No. Do I wish it were different? Yes. I wish nobody had to suffer. But I know that our suffering is what produces character and strength and endurance. I know that God uses our suffering to teach us to grow us, to refine us, to tenderize us. I think about um, if anybody uh, is into cooking. I think about how a lot of times when you want to tenderize meat, <laughs> you have to beat it. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you've ever done that. I mean, there's literally beef your um, meat tenderizer mallets that you just beat meat with to get it tender. And I I I think sometimes that's life. It just Beats us bloody but in the process we're tenderized and I know that my work as a marriage and family therapist is is much more effective and impactful because I know great suffering and my great suffering gives me the ability to look into someone's eyes and say I care it's hard you'll get through it I'm here with you God is with you And so, I I just want to encourage you to realize that life is unfair. And it will entail suffering. It will entail things that are horribly cruel or unusual. Again, it, it can be the most horrific things happening to some of the best people you could possibly know. We look around and we say, God, how can it be? Why? why do we have to endure this? Why is life so unfair? But I'll come back to that question I said before. It isn't why, it's what. God, what are you doing? What are you doing through this? What can I learn through this? What good can come from this? Show me. Teach me. Help me to to, to trust you and to lean on you because you are sovereign and your ways are higher than my ways. And I was not here when the foundations of this earth were laid. And God, I know that it's not always a plus B equals C, but I do know that I have the hope of heaven. I have you by my side and I know that you will use this experience for your, for my good and for your glory. So, friends, if you're facing unfairness, let me just say it's hard and it's okay to have emotions and to be sad and sorrowful. It is completely normal for you to feel all the things. It's okay to not want to be going through that. It's okay to say this is not fair, but I would encourage you to to realize you're not alone, that this is part of this broken world that we live in. Trust God, lean into Him, press into Him, and allow it to strengthen your character, to strengthen your ability to care for others, to strengthen you as a person, your faith, and to remind you that your flesh and your spirit are groaning for heaven. And we have that hope assured to us. So, stay strong but know that it's okay to feel weak it's okay to struggle it's okay to wish that this cup would pass from you but not my will god yours life is unfair but i know that the what of your suffering will yield good and it will yield god's glory Well, friends, this concludes this episode of The Real Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad you did. Remember, you were handcrafted by God, are dearly loved, and greatly needed in this world. We look forward to seeing you back here next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Talk. To stay connected, follow Foundation Restoration on Instagram and Facebook at FND Restoration. Or visit us at www.foundationrestoration.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to follow or subscribe and to leave us a five-star review so more people can find our show. Foundation Restoration is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry that believes marriage is the heartbeat of society and exists to equip, strengthen, and restore marriages through clinical expertise and a biblical perspective. Please consider supporting our ministry with a tax-deductible donation at www.foundationrestoration.org. Your gift makes programs like this possible. Thank you for your generosity and partnership.